Please, let's turn to Hebrews. Hebrews, the twelfth chapter. We'll read the first three verses. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. This morning, by the grace of God, we are considering endurance race to the end. Endurance race to the end. We are winding down this wonderful camp 2022. And God has blessed many people. This is indeed a wonderful camp. We are all rejoicing that God made it possible. Were it not for God, we should have another story. But God is great on our behalf. But we should know that our, the enemy of our soul is not rejoicing. Instead, he is raging with jealousy and anger that we have defeated him. So, it is good for us as Christians, therefore, as pilgrims, to rejoice with trembling. We want to walk with caution. It's wonderful to start this Christian race. It's wonderful to testify of our victories. But there is one portion, one important portion in Matthew, the 10th chapter, Matthew 10, the last part of verse 22, it says, But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Right. That was Jesus talking to his disciples after they, he, they, he sent them out and they were returning with songs of victory. They were returning rejoicing. But immediately he told them, Look, it is wonderful, it is noble to be a propagator of this word of God. But look, it's not easy. And he rounded his enjoyment up by saying, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. The same statement was made in Matthew 24, 13. Matthew 24, 13, that was when Jesus was telling his disciples what the, the things that will happen at the end of the world. What will happen when he wants to return? And he closed it by saying, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Yeah. Yeah. By the grace of God under this uh, broad topic, endurance to 
endurance race to the end, we just look at three subheadings. What does endurance race mean? Clouds of witnesses that endured. And then we'll look at precepts for running this race of endurance. There are precepts. Now, what does endurance race mean? The reference we just read in Hebrews 12 is a good picture of an athlete on the race course. And it's a good picture also of our pilgrimage. At another point, Paul likened Christians, this same pilgrim, he likened them to, to warriors. That is, that they are in a warfare. These two analogies, athletes on a race course and warriors, they are good and true description of our Christian life in every respect. Our Christian race is a race of endurance. It's not a sprint, a kind of, it's a marathon, marathon race. It's not, it's not the type of 100 meters dash or a sprint. It's that, it's that one that takes endurance. And for this, we need to be sure as Christians that we are enduring and that we are on track. We want to be on track. Are we on the track? I want to show, to be sure we are enduring. It's wonderful to remember always from the mire of sin, from where God has delivered us. We can, it's wonderful to testify of our 60 years experience, 50 years experience. But the most important thing yeah. is the vision. Yeah. Where are we going? I'm thrilled when people mention the name of Bratty, Bratty. Some of us don't know them. Thank God I knew Bratty. But, it's, uh, but when these names are mentioned, what I, what, I, what I trust I wait to know, what I wait to see, is the spirit of Bratty. We want to see the spirit of Bratty because the spirit of Bratty is inside the doctrine the truth, the life that Bratty lived. It is possible not to see Bratty. It is possible not to have seen Bratty at all, but to have the spirit of Bratty. If you, you take that same message which the descendants of Bratty, the, what they preach, you take those words and you, it's inside you. You will have the spirit of Bratty. But it's no use it's no use to talk of Bratty and when our lives are compared with our testimony and the, the at variance. Our testimony must match our lives. Otherwise, the testimony is still. Still testimony. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm baptized. Fantastic. Let us live it. Let's live Salvation, sanctification, and baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
Revelations 2, 10, the, lower, the, the latter part. Revelations 2, 10, the latter part. He said, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. That is the vision. The crown of life. Make God help us. Brethren, people of God, many of you, you have been in this race. You have been Christians for many years before me. And you will see from all the songs given to us by the choir today, I'm so, I, was, I was weeping inside me. I recall when we were practicing that song, Press on Pilgrim. It's a difficult song to, to, to learn. See, but I, I, only, I only wish the choir can know the meaning, the true meaning of that, of that, of that song. You will shed tears when you are singing it. This race is not, is, is not, is, is, is not what, what we can just run like that. It's not a pleasure to be sure we are doing the right thing. Just like the athletes on the, on the race course, when, when they are lined up, they want, the race is about to start. At that starting point, you cannot know who will win. You cannot see. You can know, look at, look at that, that strong one. Look at that powerful one. But it is, it is at the end. When they start the race, they are running. Little by little, you will see the winners emerging. Before you see the final, just as Paul was saying in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 9.24, he said, Know ye not that they which run, run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run, that ye may obtain. That is our, that is our, we want to run. Not looking at the right, not looking at the left, we want, we want, we want to make it. But who is, at the, but when at the, at the end, you will, somebody will win. Somebody will emerge, we come, come up first. Who is that person? It is the one that endured. The one that is consistent. The one that did not lose stamina. To the end. Not falling by the way. That is the winner. The one that falls by the wayside. It's terrible to be a backslider. A backslider, a backslider is that one that cannot endure. Backsliding sets in when endurance slacks. There, there is no point. There is no. There is no point in what Christian life that one can say, "Oh, I'm, I'm above it." You are not above it. It is until we step out, we step in, we step on. When we, when we, when we mark the last, the last line and the, the crown of victory is given to us, that is when we are free. Why am I saying this? There is no point where, where anybody cannot backslide. The important thing is to watch. If Judas, Judas is Iscariot. I recall, I knew when, I read when, when Jesus Christ sent them out. He was among the twelve. That, that was what culminated in, in the statement in which, which we read in uh, Matthew 10, 24. He was among them. 
which means him to perform some miracles. But it was, he never, he never imagined that he could betray his master. He never imagined that he would, he would betray his master with a kiss. What of, uh, what of Simon the sorcerer? Simon the sorcerer, the scripture, when, the, when the scripture says somebody believe, if you read that portion, he said, he believed too, he believed. But what happened? He got to a point, he, co he coveted that power. He coveted, he saw what the apostles were doing, he wanted it. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible thing if we get obsessed with gifts. Men of God should hate gifts. So, we can see also I, on that, I was, our lesson on Sunday, I was, I read, at the point I, I read this area, 2 Timothy 4.14, 2 Timothy 4.14, where Paul was talking. But then, we can take it literally too, that the heavens are watching us. The heavens are watching us. How do we know? If we look at the story of Jesus about the prodigal son, in Luke 15, the seventh verse, he said, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repented, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. I'm picking it that he said there will be joy in heaven. That is, when people are praying on the altars, apart from we, they help us. Apart from we helping them, heaven too is watching. Because they say when, when somebody prays through, they will be rejoicing. Like, like one man, one man just one man came in yesterday. He was he was praying vigorous, shedding tears, shedding everything. And all, all, all suddenly he burst, he burst into joy. Ah, what a joy amongst us. Immediately it came to my mind that okay, heaven, heaven must have recorded this. Though he will go and record with our secretaries. But it has been recorded in heaven. Heaven is rejoicing. If heaven can rejoice over a saved soul, then heaven too is interested in their progress. Heaven, heaven, heaven is watching our progress. So the, the, the epistle of Hebrews, the same epistle of Hebrews, the first chapter in the 14th verse, bootrace this fact. It says, when, when talking about the angels, it said, are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? They are ministering unto us. They are watching over us. God has sent them to us. So heaven is interested in all that we are doing. Heaven is watching us. Then... On, on, uh, on the precepts, let's start looking at some of the precepts for running this race. The first one is we should lay aside every weight. S says we should lay aside. Starting from uh, looking, looking more critically at it, it says let us lay aside every weight 
and sin which doth so easily beset us. We want to lay aside. We are laying aside every weight. What does that what does that weight? What does that weight stand for? The weight. See? If we look at if we look at the first explanation of an athlete. An athlete on the field, he, when they are exercising, they are shedding weight. They are burning, they are burning fat. Not only that, they are stripped. They will, somebody is going for a race, will not put on suit like me. They must have exercised, trained their muscles. So, a Christian too must shed weight. In another, in another portion, Paul the Apostle said, in 2 Timothy 2.4, 2 Timothy 2.4, he said, No man that worried entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. Entanglement. Wait. That, that word, wait, when he said we should lay every weight aside, in uh, in the in Greek word, it is onkos. It is used onkos. If you, if you check the, the lexicons, you will see onkos. It's not, it's, not, it's, it's not something bad. When we are talking of weight now, it's not something evil. But it is referring to something that will weigh us down. Something that will divert our attention. Or sap our strength, or dampen that we dampen our enthusiasm for the things of God. I remember one one of the history history lessons we had in, my, in our teenage on Alexandra the Great. This man, Alexandra the Great, he was an ancient Macedonian ruler. He was one of the greatest military minds the ancient world knew. And he was king over Macedonia and Persia, which was one of the largest empires the world ever knew in the ancient world. The army of this great man, they were advancing towards Persia at a point. They were moving towards Persia. And at a critical point, at one point, the great general, he noticed that his army was weak. He noticed they were overweight. How did that happen? In their previous wars, they had got a lot of spoils. They had won a lot, of, defeated a lot, of, a lot of people, and they had a lot of things. And as it were, the gifts, those, those bounties was weighing them down, and they, wanted, they, were, they were going to lose, lose a battle. What did, the master, what, did the, what did the experienced general, what did he do? He knew, he knew he was going to lose all the empire, and he preferred to lose those, those bounties. He commanded that those things should be put in a dump and burnt. The troop, the troop were, the troop were not happy. They complained, but he knew what he was doing. Alas, before long, the whole army they, they, they realized the importance of that action. It was after those things were burnt that they knew they were going. They must fight. The weights, the weights were shed. They shed the weights. And what happened? They went. They were so light, so light to fight. Well, it's, um, 
this is this this is practical because this this is not just an ordinary history. It's practical with us too, but it's not at times. It's not what you can do by yourself, but God can shed the weight for us. God knows when we are getting overweight, when we are too heavy for our calling, when we are too heavy for the pilgrimage, and God knows how to shed the weight. I have a practical experience. At one point in my life, I was just running, a young man, just running here and there. I, tra I would travel to Togo, travel, want to do what? To get vessel, to load things outside the country. At this kind of car meeting, when, do I have time for car meeting? What is car meeting? Maybe, maybe, maybe there was, it was not even possible then. It was not possible to, to join online. There was nothing like online. So you'll be there looking for, ah, I, I know, I, I, too, I know spiritually I was not all right. Except, except, except one will be deceiving himself. You should know. I knew I was not all right, but it was, I, was not, I was not able to control myself. But God controlled me. Amen. What did God do? He reduced me to zero. Everything went away. Everything. It was a very, it was a bad government at that time. And let me cover them up. Towards the end of the year, they would change the policy. And I, I was in, I was in, a, in, in business that involved, that involved foreign, foreign, foreign uh, exchange. They would change the exit rate and I was losing 25 naira on every dollar in hundreds, in hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it was reduced to zero. The weight was shed, and my eyes were open, and I knew, yes. And now, I, I now came back to my God. Maybe, maybe I, won't, I won't be somebody on this kind of pulpit. What, what is pulpit? So God can decide to shed weight for you. You should be prepared for it. If he decides to trim you down, to trim you down. We are not in this. Why are we in this? Why are we on this race, brothers, brethren? We are. What? Why are we here? We have a focus. We have a goal, and that goal is to walk worthy of this our vocation. We want to deny ourselves of all that we not make that will not allow us to make it. Wait. That weight that will pull you down. Ask God. Tell God. You can, you, can, you can throw it to God. God, if there's anything that will not make me to make this race, shed it. The second precept says we should lay aside that sin which doth so easily beset us. This is now clear. That one, not sin, but this one is sin which so easily beset us. See, the, those Hebrews, were, they were exposed to that sin of unbelief, uh, forsaking the gospel, apostatizing. But that may not be the, as the besetting sin of, 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 of every other person. See, but there is a besetting sin. There is a sin locking, locking near you, watching you, wanting to take advantage of you. 
Brethren, don't, ever, don't expect that we will get to a point when we will not be tempted. It's not possible. Nobody. Nobody. We will reach, we reach that point only when, only when we get to heaven. That is when we will not be tried again. That is where we will not see temptation again. But at any point, expect it. Expect testing. Why? God wants tested people. God wants those that have been proved. So that when you get to heaven, there will be no more backsliding. There's no backsliding in heaven. There's no sin in heaven. So God will prove all those that will be his here. See, that's why Paul admonished the Colossians in Colossians 3. Colossians 3 from verse 5. He said, mortify. See, mortify. The dictionary meaning of mortify is practice self-denial of one's body and appetite. If you, if you, check, if you check mortify, it says, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which sin's sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. But now ye put off all this anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, fill the communication out of your mouth, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. That is to mortify. Look at look at all that all that is that, that have mentioned, all these vices here. He said, You were in them before, but now they have become besetting sin. Somebody who is just used to the opposite sex, it is referred to evil concupiscence, that is appetite, appetite for immorality. If you check the meaning of evil concupiscence, it's appetite for immorality. Somebody that has been too used to it, is God, God, has, God will save you if you come. He will save your soul. He will sanctify. He will baptize. But you need to mortify it. For that sin not to come in again. Because it's like that evil spirit when it is clean. It's watching. It will hide. It's watching to see to see when you'll be careless. When you are careless, it will just look around and go and get seven other spirits. And then come with full force. It can come at any time. So that is why we are expected to endure. We should have that endurance. Endurance all always. See, that endurance, when you are talking of that, of that endurance, you are referring, it's referring to, it's referring to, to, to patience. See, endurance in the New Testament, in the New Testament lexicon, it, it, we are talking to, of, of our steadfastness, our constancy, and steady determination to keep going. It says, it is the characteristic of a man who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose. And then his loyalty to faith and piety by any trial 
of, of, of any punishment. That is, that, that is endurance. So the third precept now, he said, let us run with patience. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. See, when in the scripture, if reference is made to patience, it is connoting endurance under unpleasant. That is patience under an unpleasant condition. That reminds me of that song. See, I will wait patiently for the Lord. The Lord is my healer. I will wait patiently for him. The Lord is my provider. The Lord is my helper. He cannot be your helper until you are patient with him. Patience. You have to wait. That is, what, that is, that is the problem of many today. May God give us patience. Amen. So we, uh, that patience is necessary at no point in our, in our, this our pilgrimage. We are not deceived at all. Jesus Christ did not tell us we will be on the bed of roses. If we look at John 16, John 16, 33, John 16, 33, he said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In this world ye shall have tribulation, but be your good cheer. I have overcome the world. Yes, there could be difficulties. There could be trials. Those heroes of faith that we mentioned in chapter 11, say they are witnesses. They had a lot, a lot, a lot of things they passed through. Besides them, I often like reading these foxes, Christian matters. There's a book of matters. It's, 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 it's good we read it. If you see what these people, these ancient people, how they, what they defended, how they defended their faith with their lives. I read of one when, when, they were, when they were going to tie him to the stick. They would tie them to the stick and burn them, burn them with it. For what? For just saying that I'm a Christian. For just standing between, between the right and wrong. For taking your stand for the right. I wonder the number of people that would have been killed here. The number of people that would, that would have been tied to the stake for, saying, for standing for the right. It's a difficult thing to stand for the right. It's not easy. Why? People, hate, people they hate people that say the truth. If you say the truth, you are, don't, don't expect to be liked. In fact, in fact, why do you have to be liked? So we want to let the journeys, the endurance and victories of these people we wanted to give up, to move us forward. We wanted to make it, make us to fight the, the battle. There are times when, uh, when in the darkest hour of our darkest days, when Satan will want to let you believe that you are alone, he wants you to, you are, you, are, you are the only one. It is only you that is happening to. You are not. It's not only you. That book of Hebrews says, it says, they are great clouds of witness. A lot, lot of people. You see, uh, at the, the, this, these things are distributed. God distributes them in any form. So the one, the, one that the, the brother there is passing through is different from this one. Just yesterday, Bridet and myself, we were, just, we were just recalling the experience 
of somebody, of somebody losing, losing a partner. We are, we, both of us just said there's no, there's no how you can explain it to, to anybody. It's not explainable. And the one other people are going through, there's no how you can understand them. You can't understand them because they know what they know how they know how they are feeling it. But everybody, say, the truth of the matter is, those sins that have gone through, many of them, they pass through all these kind of things. First Corinthians ten thirteen says, "There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man." But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. We can bear it. If those heroes, if they were able to carry through, the God, the same God that helped them, is the same yesterday. Today and forever. He is able to see us through. He says Paul, that's not Paul in Hebrews. They say, looking unto Jesus. That's, that's, that's another precept. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus is our forerunner. He's the author and the finisher. He has entered into there. And that is when he was going. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And I will return. To do what? To take you unto myself. That where I am, there he may be also. He said, he, he, he endured. He finished the course. Why? Who? For the joy that was set before him endured the cross. I want to think very, very critically that the joy that was being referred to here is not the joy that, that, he, that is going back to heaven. No. Jesus Christ, he had, that, he had that glory before. He mentioned it in John 17, 5. He said, he was telling the Father, he said, and now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So that, that was not his joy. It's not that glory of going back there that was his joy. What was his joy then? His joy was to do the will of God to do the will of the one that sent him. And what was that way? To lay down his body for a sacrifice. To go to the cross. To die. To shed his blood. That what? The will of God is that man may be saved. That man may be saved. He said, I will create enmity between thee and the seed of the woman. How? Until Jesus Christ must come to give that body sacrifice. In Hebrews 10, you see, the, you see the description. Hebrews 10 from verse 5. He said, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou willest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offering and sacrifice for sin, thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the books it is written of me to do thy will. What is that volume? There are volumes. The volume of book, those, those series of books given to Moses. 
They are mentioned again. That same thing is mentioned. We are not going to read it. It's mentioned again in Psalm 40, verse 6 to 8. And then in Hosea 6, verse 6. Those volume, he said, this, just, just like this is coming to give his body for that sacrifice. Which sacrifice? Be in the olden time. He said, he delighted not in burnt offering for sin. He said he has no pleasure in those, in those sacrifices again. But what? The will of God that his son will come to give that his body. To give that body on the cross. That is the sacrifice that God is looking for. And that is what, why Christ came to the world. So when he came, he wanted to satisfy that way. To do what? To please God. We can, it's, it's, it's very encouraging to us that if we do, if we really want to make it, we must do that, that the will. If we have the will, if we, if we surrender our will, when we give our will to God, that is when we, be, we can do the will of God. That is when we can endure. It will be easier for us to endure when we surrender our will to God. It is, a, it is only a surrendered will, a surrendered will that can run this race of endurance and make it through to victory in Christ Jesus. If you are not surrendered, if that will is not surrendered, we cannot be like the cloud of witnesses. And then, from that we'll be able to go from strength to strength. Through what? Through faith to faith. In Psalm 84, Psalm 84, it says, from verse 4, Psalm 84, it says, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who, passing through the valley of Baca, will make it a well. The rain also filled the pools. Verse 7. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeared before God. You can go from strength to strength. How? By going from faith to faith. When you live your daily lives, God will always push, push something to you. A, a, a new convert. You are, still, you are still rejoicing, just as the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. There was this song of joy. That's, that may be your condition. Or you have a victory. You, are, you got that victory through what? Through faith. It does not mean another one will not come. God will have strengthened you. You have been stabilized. It's like shaking the ground for you to go under so that your roots can go under. Before, before long, God is watching you. He will just throw another little one. You will now exercise greater faith. You will go what? From faith to faith. And what will happen? You will go from strength to strength. Those tests, those moves by God, they are determined to strengthen you, to increase your strength. If it's not happening, you are not enduring. So we want to go to God this morning. We want to tell God that I want to endure. I want to run this race to the end. If you must run this race to the end, ask God for endurance. Ask God for patience. You want to be looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith.
You want to lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us. The altar is open for you.